This is the War Report Podcast. And uh, episode two. Episode two. And I want to get into some some pretty interesting things. As we do this uh, this podcast and we do this research, we want to bring you, the normal man, the normal woman, the information that just might not be accessible to you or you haven't gotten a chance to, you know, with your busy life, haven't gotten a chance to search all this stuff up. So we're going to break it down and make it make sense, make sense to you. You know, today we're going to go over uh, how corporations and government are creating the food shortages that we're seeing, including the baby formula. So we're going to get into that. It's going to be a nice little topic. And also we're going to get into digital IDs, right? Because that seems like where we're going in this country. They want us to, they want all our information. They want everything digital. It gives them more control. They can easily turn off or turn on, you know, your income, your anything. If you're able to buy food, you know, they, they'll be able to control that even more. Because as we know, this government, especially in this country of the United States, loves control. Now, with the digital IDs, you know, many people said it's not going to happen. It's just, you know, but as we as we are post pandemic, we are seeing the overreach from the excuse of pandemic. Like I said before, in a previous episode, the government is opportunist and so is corporations. They go hand in hand. You know, they don't have to be lizard people. They don't have to be whatever, skinwalkers from another dimension. They don't have to be all that. All they have to be is opportunists. And that's exactly what they are. So I got an article here today uh, talking about the food shortages. We're going to get into it. We're even going to get into Bill Gates and how much farmland he owns. And, you know, it's all tied together. So let's get into this first article, right? And the article, all of our articles are in the description. So if you want to check them out yourself, they're there. It says, the formula scarcity began when COVID-19 pandemic led to a disruption of ingredient supply chain and transportation delays. This past February, the FDA found that several leading brands produced by Abbott Laboratories were contaminated with a dangerous bacteria leading to a recall and a temporary closure of Abbott's main Michigan factory where government inspectors found shocking conditions. Then, just as Michigan plant reopened, flooding forced it to shut down again. It says there's nothing more important to a parent than providing for their child, especially during the most vulnerable uh, early years of the child's life. As a mother who was unable to breastfeed when her children were newborns, she relied on a formula and remember once having to drive quite far to a store in a neighboring town because the local store was out of the brand. It was a stressful experience. 
one that is a mild example of what millions of parents are feeling right now as they face store shelves emptied of formula. Now let's just, let's use our brains, let's use our logic for one second, right? I looked into this and yes, Abbott, Abbott uh, Laboratories, you know, they had a recall, not on all of their formula, just one lot number of their formula. But the government came in and made them shut down their entire factory. So the shortage you're seeing today was... (laughs) was manufactured in February. You know, say it take a month, month or two to clear the shelves and now shortage. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to we have to be very clear on what's happening here. You know, the government did not have to shut down the entire factory because one one lot number was was contaminated. You know, what I mean, we already have things in place to deal with this such as the recall you know baby foam has been recalled before but you know we don't see entire factories shut down where they can't make anything (laughs) you know i mean like this is this is just showing an example of how the government's overreaching and manufactured a shortage in which they're going to profit off of yeah, I mean, and and listen, the corporation ain't gonna ain't gonna live this down either. They're gonna skyrocket the prices of everything. Yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, we see happening now. Let, let's let's continue with this article. It says the shortage has driven prices up for a variety of systematic reasons that include economics, geography, and health. Now, black and uh, Latino parents are disproportionately likely to rely on formula feeding. To add to that, low-income parents of color are also disproportionately impacted by the formula shortage as they may live in food deserts. That means you don't have, like, supermarkets as available as everyone else, which is a real thing. And that comes from redlining. Uh, With fewer options for formula... And they may be unable to drive long distances to search other stores or pay premium prices for online shipping. There's a simple reason why such a shortage has transpired. Global capitalism and the food monopolies it has fostered. Although shelves, when fully stocked, appear to offer a wide variety of baby formula products some with different name brands. You know, only two companies produce more than 70% of the products at a small handful of factories. Abbott and Mead Johnson, a third company, Nestle, produces about 12%. So, you know, as I said, though it looks like the illusion of variety, it's really only three companies producing all the baby formula. You know what I mean? And, it, and, it, and, it, and the monopoly that these companies have on the industry that they're in is astounding. You know, 
I thought government was supposed to step in and break up some of these monopolies. But no. But no. Government has been bought a long time ago. You know, like the corporations run this country. Government has become just the hand of corporations. You know, we live in a, we supposed to live in a democracy, but we live in a plutocracy, meaning a small wealthy elite, including corporations, basically runs the country. And, and it's only going to get worse. Like, this is only going to get worse, you know, as, uh, as we dive deeper and deeper into this wage gap as the country goes deeper and deeper into shit. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> you know, let, let, let's, let's continue. This is an eye-opener. Uh, let's see. The U.S. government has encouraged this monopoly by choosing to buy formula for the women's infant and children in WIC program from Abbott alone. It's the definition of putting all of one's eggs in one basket. If that basket breaks, a shortage of eggs is inevitable. So, just to show you the deals that's being done under the table, that same company, Abbott, the same company, Abbott, is who uh, the U.S. government works with, and only them, for (laughs) all baby formula for the WIC program. WIC meaning Women, Infant, and Children program. One company. So, (laughs) when I see something like this, like a manufacturer shortage because the government forced them to shut down their whole factory, knowing the shortage is going to drive up the prices, I mean, all I see is corporate greed happening. Corporate greed happening. So now, the Abbott company gets to charge triple the price because, hey, we had a shortage. Yeah, we had, we had to shut down. The government gets that little money under the table to shut down the whole factory. And then, you know, everyone makes money except for you. You have to deal with the consequences of their corporate greed, of their ca- capitalism running amok. Running amok, essentially. You know, like, this is... And it's not just with baby form. It's just one, you know, we're getting into, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go further. We're going to go further because that's not the only way that these companies are essentially robbing the people. Even some company, even some products you may not notice, you know, they have a thing called uh, shrinkflation where the, the, the package size is getting smaller, but it's keeping the same price. So, you know, you, you may not be understand like, yo, I'm losing an ounce of this product. You may not even realize it, but you are. You know what I mean? So you're actually paying more for less. That's happening also. But let's continue, though. Let's continue. The article continues saying, uh, it's not just baby formula. In the U.S. market, only three companies produce 81% of all baby food products. Just, Just... Let that marinate for a second. Three companies produce 81% of all baby 
food products. Like, that's disgusting. I thought it was about competition. I thought it was about the best rise. But no, it's about monopolies and it's about corporate greed. Three companies own 81% of all the baby food products. Like, come on, man. That's just begging for a disaster to happen. <laughs> Listen, four companies produce 85% of all canned tuna. <laughs> Three companies make 80% of all chocolate. Three company companies make 78% of all pasta products and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Like it, it is it is nothing but monopolies out there. And monopolies are begging. You know what I mean? When you set up all these monopolies, you're begging for a disaster because all it takes is one disaster and that's it. That's the food supply chain right there. That's the supply chain right there. You know, one company fuck up, the whole shit is crippled. Also, you got to think, one company fuck up can poison everybody. You know, like we have to, we got to start pushing back. I mean, we got to push back on this, man. Like this corporate greed has run amok. Like it is, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous, in the, especially in the U.S. You know, this war report is taking place in the U.S. So, you know, I'm well versed in uh, the U.S. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Come on, man. It says now food prices overall are sharply rising this year as inflation hits grocery suppliers. In response, manufacturers are engaging in what we spoke about before. Shrinkflation, a form of theft, (laughs) shrinking their package sizes while maintaining the same price as to dupe the customer into believing they're paying the same amount. Meanwhile, meanwhile, big food manufacturers are reaping record profits. Record profits. <laughs> Undermining claims that they are simply passing on their higher costs to the customer. So think about this. If they're making the most money they ever made, right? It's not about inflation. It's about price gouging. They are using these events, which doesn't necessarily affect them, to just raise the prices on all the things you know and love. And even when they don't look like they're raising the prices, they're making the packages smaller. They're stealing it back from you. They're taking it back from you. It's an ounce less. It's half an ounce less. You know, there's more air in the bag. <laughs> And you're stuck. You're stuck. You're stuck having to deal with your money going less far than it did. You know, the products, you're getting less product for everything. Meanwhile, they're raking in record profits. I mean, they're making the most money they've ever made. They can easily not <laughs> raise the prices of things. They don't have to. They make it. They already have their money. But the corporate greed, especially when you have a monopoly and a government that is spineless and in bed with them, this is what you get. This is what you get. It says decades ago, 
food policy analyst warned of the pitfalls of food monopolies. <laughs> there's a book. <laughs> there's a book called Stolen Harvest, the hijacking of the global food supply. And a book called Stuffed and Starved, the hidden battle for the world food system. These books kind of outline where we're at now. Like where we're at now is not some surprise thing. Like it's it's been predicted that we'll be in the place we're at now, especially if you let corporate greed run amok. Like this is not something that uh <laughs> we didn't know was going to happen if we didn't reel in this this ugly form of capitalism that we're dealing with today. You know, Food and Water Watch warned about this food crisis years ago because corporations, they want to maximize profit and cut costs. The problem is with that, you start hurting the food chain, you know, the supply chain, you're starting to hurt it. It's, it's ridiculous. It says they also highlighted the folly of the global food supply chain relying on subsidized fossil fuels based on global transportation systems that exacerbate climate change. The extreme flooding in Michigan that led to the closure, the second closure, that is, of Abbott Formula Factory only two weeks after it reopened is a consequence of the carbon dioxide we're pumping into the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, things are just going to get worse. (laughs) They're just going to get worse. It says advocacy organizations such as Farm Action and Food and Water Watch have likewise been sounding the alarm about the food monopoly for years. In late 2020, so this is like right in the thick of the pandemic, late 2020, Farm Action released a report titled The Food System concentration and its impacts in which it drew attention to the growing monopoly of power of food corporations. The report's authors warned against the concentration of ownership, wealth and power in our food system, where just a few companies, as we said earlier, dominate almost all aspects of food production. Come on, man. Come on. Here's a little known fact for you. Four large meat packing companies control 85% of beef. Can you believe that? Of course you can. Does it sound like the same old thing we've been saying? Of course it does. Because this is this, these monopolies are a trend with the food program, with the, with the food system. And, and, and everyone especially in our government, is spineless to deal with it. They refuse to deal with it. Like, it, it's, it's pretty ridiculous and obvious that they're paid under the table. Look at this, look at this. The Biden-Harris administration claims to understand the problem and the solution For example, in January 2022 fact sheet about meat industry. So it's a fact sheet about the meat industry. The White House released its plan for a fairer, more competitive and more resilient meat 
poultry supply chain. So this is what the, this is what the government is saying. They say we we trying to have a more fair and balanced supply chain <laughs> because <laughs> because they know four large meatpacking companies control eighty five percent of the market. But the administration's solutions to the problem of the food monopolies did not even touch upon the preventing mergers. Instead, it announced a what it calls a toothless portal, quote unquote, for reporting concerns about potential violations of the competition laws. Now, when you look at that, even though they realize that these corporations, these monopolies of corporations is the problem because only four runs 85 percent of me you know what i'm saying they, even knowing that they refuse to touch on it of course they're not going to say anything that will fix the problem right they're not going to say hey let's uh let's get more involved with local farms you know let's let's expand the food to the flu the food chain this way if something happens to these one of these four companies we're not in deep shit <laughs> no no they refuse to do that they did the opposite. They they found an intricate way to do nothing, to do nothing, to, to create a toothless portal. What they're saying is we're going to make it easier for you to report if there's a violation. But who's going to report it? The monopoly? How They're going to report themselves? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with this with this country, man. You know, this this is this is an agricultural and economic war. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks about just the, the boots on the ground and bombs in the air, but they don't understand. There's a digital war happening. There's a there's a agricultural war happening. There's an economic war happening. You know, and we're in the midst of it. And if we don't band together. To do something about this. Like we have to force the hand of this limp government. Because really, they've already been bought. <laughs> you know what I mean? So of course they're gonna they're not gonna stop the people paying them, which is the corporations. You know? Come on, man. We gotta we gotta do something about this, man. It's <laughs> Ah oh, man, it's it's disgusting, man. It's disgusting. What I'm gonna do is uh, I want to get into since we're talking about agricultural and farmland, I want to get into Bill Gates. You know, because not only is this guy going hard with the vaccines globally. Most people might not understand that he's going hard with the farmland. Bill Gates is the biggest private owner of farmland in the United States. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, like he don't have no green thumb. He don't care about, you know, plants. and None of that. None of that. He understands about control and whoever controls the food controls the people 
And if you control the farmland, you control the production of the food. This guy's a maniac. It shouldn't be trusted, man. Let's we all get into another article. This is from uh, The Guardian. Right? It says, Bill Gates is the biggest private owner of farmland in the U.S. Why? Uh, Gates have been buying land like it's going out of style. He now owns more farmland than the entire Native American nation. Bill Gates, he owns that much farmland. This <laughs> is, come on, man. Come on, man. Let's, let's get right into it. Bill Gates has never been a farmer. So why did the land report dub him Farmer Bill this year? The third richest man on the planet doesn't have a green thumb, nor does he put in the back-breaking labor humble people do to grow our food who get far less praise for it. That kind of hard work isn't what made him rich. Gates' achievement, according to the report, is that he's the largest private farmland owner in the U.S. A 2018 purchase of 14,500 acres of prime eastern Washington farmland, which is traditionally Yakima territory. He purchased it for $171 million. <laughs> now, what's that to a billionaire? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's nothing to a billionaire. And that should tell you how much trouble we are in. It says in total, Gates owns approximately 242,000 acres of farmland with assets totaling more than $690 million. To put that in perspective, that's nearly the size of Hong Kong and twice the acreage of what is it, the Lower Brule Sioux Tribe, where, <laughs> like, that's how much land he has purchased. Just him. <laughs> it says the United States is defined by the excesses of its ruling class, but why do a handful of people own so much land? Land is power. Land is wealth. And more importantly, land is about race and class. The relationship to land, who owns it, who works it, and who cares for it, reflects obscene levels of inequality and legacies of colonism. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, this is this is this rings true, man. There's no reason. <laughs> The owner of Microsoft should be owning so much land. You know what I'm saying? So much farmland, specifically. Like, he's he's being very meticulous on what land he's buying. He's not just buying rainforests or some shit. Like, he's buying farmland. And, it, and, it, and it's fucking ridiculous. Come on, man. He's part of these food monopolies. Like, he is... He is going to be a prominent figure in the future. And really, he's waging war on you. He's waging war on you. That's, this is economic war on you. That's one man. 
There's no need for him to own that much farmland. Why does he want to control how the food is made? Come on, man. And it's a lot of these billionaires. Like, we can't just, you know, it's not just him, you know, Ted Turner. All these billionaires own ridiculous amounts of land. Like, we gotta, it has to be stopped. These guys have to be stopped. The article goes on to say, our era is dominated by the ultra-rich, the climate crisis, and the uh, and green capitalism. And Bill Gates' new book, How to Avoid Climate Disaster, positions himself as a thought leader in how to stop putting greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and how to fund what he has called elsewhere a, gl- a global green revolution to help poor farmers mitigate climate change. What expert? Like, come on, man. Come on, man. This billionaire is trying to play into the times. Bill Gates talking about, like, he owns more farmland than everybody talking about, you know, climate crisis. Meanwhile, he's, he's under the table trying to control the food supply. Like, come on, man. We can't trust none of these people. It says, when pressed during a book discussion on Reddit about why he's gobbling up so much farmland, Gates claimed it is not connected to climate change. The decision, he said, came from his investment group, Cascade Investment. The firm making these acquisitions is controlled by Gates. And the firm said it's very supportive of sustainable farming. So the exact opposite of what he's saying. So when he was questioned, right, he was like, it's not about farmland. It's it's not really me buying it. It's my investment group. Meanwhile, he controls the investment group. And even the investment group says it's about farmland. This is disgusting. Look at this. It is also a shareholder and the plant-based protein companies Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods, as well as farm and equipment manager John Deere. <laughs> His firm's largest farmland acquisition happened in 2017 when it acquired 61 farming properties from a Canadian investment firm to the tune of $500 million. Now... After all that being said, this same man said it's not about farming. Meanwhile, <laughs> not only did he invest in two competing, uh, you know, mock meat companies, right? Which, which would be like the alter, the the, uh, the alternate for eating meat. Like, say someone says, you know what, I'm gonna stop eating meat. I don't want this farm crisis. I mean, he's still invested in that too. Then he invested. And all of the equipment for farming. So even if you're a regular farmer, and you know, these, these farmers, you know, they, 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 they lease equipment. You know what I'm saying? They get loans from banks to get this equipment. It's big equipment, you know, you know, big thing to, 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 to cut wheat and all that shit, $200,000. So, you know, that's how they get it. He owns it. They're paying him. This guy's disgusting, man. This guy's disgusting, man. Like, before we know it, before we know it, our food supply will be absolutely broken and owned 
by even less corporations. Remember, these mergers are happening left and right. You know, we're down to three or four companies running industries now. Next thing you know, it's going to be down to two companies and then down to one. (laughs) Then what? Then what? Where would we be then? back from a brief very brief intermission and uh let's jump right into it man we're gonna get into these uh digital id companies you know the the government have been contracting these companies for their websites and uh as we investigate these companies we're starting to find out like they're being irresponsible with your information it's downright dangerous to have your information mismanaged by some third party. Like, we don't know what they're going to do with this information. But we are finding out that they're mismanaging it. They're mishandling it. They're handling it like they don't care. Like it's not important. Because to them, it's not important. So we're going to get into this first article, right? It says... One of the pandemic winners, a member of a large group of companies that appeared and grew exponentially to serve the needs of the government and its chosen way of handling the situation as most of the economy was standing still, now appears to be in trouble. So this company is called ID.me, like ID.me, right? Its business is digital identity verification and it says that its job is to simplify how individuals securely prove and share their identity online it could be used by governments who want to allow citizens to access services Uh, in the u.s the company was contracted by the irs the internal revenue service earlier this year to implement an authentication project that has since, according to reports, faced problems. ID.me, the same company, also secured dozens of other contracts, including with Social Security Administration, Department of Veterans Affairs, and many states' unemployment agencies. So our <laughs> our government and being lazy, even though we pay them more money than God, they chose to hire or to do contract a third party company called IDME to handle to handle <laughs> your access to these services. Now, you have to understand like you have to prove who you are. That's the whole point. So your driver's license, your social security number, your account numbers were all given to this third party while you were while you were signing up for a government program or what have you. And you were on their site, right? A dot gov site. What you didn't know is it was 
being contracted out. So it just looked like a .gov site, but really, ID.me was the ones doing the authentication, and they and they have run into some problems. All right, so let's let's jump right back into it. Uh, data for any ID.me user, which included veterans and people seeking unemployment benefits, was easily accessible with a company laptop for most customer service workers, sometimes before background checks were complete. It is from an insider from the company. That's how we're getting this information. So what they're saying is, <laughs> which is which is mad, what they're saying is that uh, they didn't even do background checks on these people. And anyone in that company from a company computer was able to access your information. Like you have to understand what that means. That means like your information was being left available for anyone to see. Like unless people are human, you know what I'm saying like you got now you got to start to question like, hey, when your ID got stolen, when someone tried to open up something in your name, or you know, how did that happen? Could it have been you went to a government website and someone stole it from there? It's very likely. It's very likely. Let's let's continue. It says some customer service workers were instructed to screenshot and upload users' personal documents, including passports, driver's licenses, and social security cards to an internal Slack channel if they needed help verifying whether it was real or fake. Now, what that means is people were told, hey, take a screenshot of that, that ID and put it in this chat and I will say, I'll look at it, the picture and say, yeah, that's, that's real. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how mismanaged your identity was by this company that got the contract from your government. <laughs> it says IDME has won contracts with IRS, Social Security, Department of Veteran Affairs, and dozens of state unemployment agencies, blah, blah. Most of those deals were closed in the last two years, during which time the company grew rapidly, hiring nearly 1,500 people and setting up new offices in Tampa, Florida. Now, I actually did some research on this, and I found out that <laughs> that company went from having 40 workers, 40, to 15,000 in one year. Now, imagine the hiring process. It's impossible to train all those people. Like you have to understand, like that is, re that's a ridiculous growth. That means you took on a contract, the government contract that you had no business taking, to whereas you couldn't handle it at all. This company had forty people in it. So when the government, I don't know what kind of checking the government did with this company, they had forty people in it. And got a government contract from all of these agencies. And then had to do mass hirings and, you know, 
And remember, this is with, <laughs> that's why I said before, background check, because you know how many people, they went from 40 people to 15,000. I don't have time to wait months for a background check. It's in one year, by the way, it's in 12 months. You know, each month has four weeks. Like, can you imagine the growth? You could barely keep up with that. And these are the people who the our government entrusted. <laughs> Probably got paid under the table. Entrusted with all your information. With all your information. And, and you, what do you get for it? Just get your information stolen. <laughs> so people have criticized ID me for handling Americans, social security cards, driver's license, other sensitive documents with reckless disregard for basic, basic security measures. Putting a private company between Americans and essential government services is risky in the best circumstances. <laughs> oh, man, this is this is showing how inept our government is. And by the way, we found most of this out from an insider. You have to understand that, like, oh, someone blew the whistle and now everyone's in the uproar. Right. So it says in. Uh, in February, you know, politicians urged the IRS commissioner to stop using ID me for IRS.gov. So just understand this. Understand this. This is during the pandemic, too. So understand this. Like when you went on IRS.gov. You were really going on using the company ID me. <laughs> you thought you was putting your information into, uh, you know, a government secure website, right? This is secure. This is the best of the best. No, it was a third party company who grew from 40 people who who could barely handle the workload. It's ridiculous. And this, this is the company that won the contract. Like you have to understand there must have been some competition. This is the best. This is a mockery. This is a mockery. It's clearly some money under the table here. Let's continue. It says insiders investigation noted that many customer service workers could view a tab within IDME's internal interface showing all of the possible facial recognition matches to the selfies that people submit while making an IDME account. The matches sometimes exposed duplicate accounts, but often workers said Selfies were matched to faces of obviously different people. So even their software was garbage. Come on, man. This, remember, government, government, uh, use this company. This, this is, this is where your billions of dollars. This is where, listen, you are taxed at work, right? You get your tax taken out of your check, and then you're taxed. You know, when you buy something, right? And then you're taxed again when you sell something, right? Like that's how much tax money this government is getting from you. And this is what they do with it. It's a game. It's a game. This is a, <laughs> come on, man. The corruption is obvious. 
Let's continue. Consumers and members of the public shouldn't have to accept lax privacy and security standards as an inevitability in our increasingly digital society. (laughs) Exactly. The stakes are particularly high when sensitive information like biometric data is involved. ID me expanded quickly in response to his new contracts with the IRS and state unemployment agencies during the pandemic. So if you're wondering why it took so long for you to get your goddamn money, it's because the government let some inept third party company who only had 40 employees at the time of the contract to handle it. ID me expanded quickly in response to his new contracts with the IRS state unemployment agencies during the pandemic. Former employees told Insider that the company could not handle the avalanche of work it took on, leading to helpline queues thousands of people long. <laughs> the workers were often told to verify accounts and resolve tickets as quickly as possible. Veterans and their families complaining to the VA about being unable to access their benefits would frequently be redirected back to IDME's helpline. Uh, This is how they treat the veterans, man. People who fought for this country, bled for this country, was injured for this country. And they can't access their services. That is owed to them. They earned it. This is your, this is... That's an economic war right there. This is your country. This is your government. We are the people. And this is how they treat you. (laughs) Man. Listen. They left users' data's exposed in internal chats and on dashboards, right? Personal data of job seekers, veterans was accessible to anyone with a company computer. Come on, man. I'm almost speechless on how ridiculous this is handled. And this is the, what's, what's ironic is this is what they're trying to push. So as they they tried to use this ID company, which failed miserably. They still want to push national IDs on you, digital IDs on you, right? This same government want to push. You got to have a digital license and a digital, you know, ID to fly and to buy this and buy that. Like they, and this is this is this is how they handle when they first get it. And we post the uh, trust this. I think not. I think not. I think I think the people need to uh to stand up. I think the people need to get together. I think the people have something to say. And this has been the war report. Listen, man. I'm going to keep doing this research for you guys. Keep bringing these reports out every week. You know. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can message me through the Anchor app. And I'm going to keep putting this out for you, man.
uh, the Anchor app even allows us to get voice notes. So if you have anything to say, let it be known. But uh, until next time, this have been The War Report.